During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hi guys, welcome back to Started with a Mouse podcast. I'm Kathy. I'm John. And this is John's special birthday episode. Yes, it is. Edition 22, I think. What? Like episode oh, yeah. 22. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm terrible with numbers. <laughs> Letters and words and sentences. sentences. Exclamation Commas, points. Colons. <laughs> Stop. Semicolons. Stop. Periods. Stop. <laughs> um, I just wanted to start this out saying that I have a little surprise for you. Okay, so... It's not as good as quality as we'd like it to be. We couldn't figure out a way to convert it. No, but... Okay. So, go ahead. <laughs> I had posted on my Facebook probably like a month or two ago. No, probably about a month ago. That I wanted people to send me videos of them wishing you a happy birthday. I only got one entry. <laughs> I'll take it. So, I will play it for you now. If I can figure it out. Hey, John. This is Joe coming at you from Las Vegas. I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday, and I enjoy listening to your guys' podcast every week. Um, keep up the great work, and I look forward to talking to you guys and meeting you guys hopefully one day. Have a great birthday. Bye. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate <laughs> Thank it. You, I Joe, appreciate you, Joe. For being the only entry. <laughs> <laughs> As he was for the contest that still is going yeah, on. Yeah, still going on, but you know, we, I happening. think we're going to have to do something to get more people entered in the contest. So, I thought you were going to say interested. No. Do you want to talk about what the episode is going to be about? I think that the, the intro song kind of gave that away, didn't it? No, because not I wouldn't have known. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have known honestly. Um, so this episode is about my favorite thing that Disney has ever made, and that is going to be the uh, Mighty Ducks franchise. Um, I found out. Womp, womp, womp. Joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I thought after what I showed you today, you'd be a lot more excited. No, about that this. was interesting. But anyway, go on. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's one of my favorite franchises of the Disney uh, universe, I would guess. Um, did a lot of research into this. So hope you guys enjoy it. A lot of it is uh, copy and paste, <laughs> but a lot of it is uh, stuff that I found interesting. So. Just hold on tight for that one, for the interesting stuff. It more lies along the lines of the fact that Disney actually owned a sports team and everything else with that. So, Okay. I, I don't know where you want to start, so you just start. Cause I, I okay. I'm going to go. Um, the way this goes is I'm going to go into uh, chronological order here. So basically, um, the first Mighty Ducks movie came out in uh, 1992. Um Basically, the plot of this one, I'm just going to go through the plot real quick, and then we will head into the actual um, Mighty Ducks team that was formed in 1993. So. Okay. Sounds good. 
Kathy's going to have nothing to say because she's literally watched it one I'm time. Ga- I'm going to say one thing during this podcast, and that's what she showed me earlier. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So, Gordon Bombay is an arrogant but successful Minneapolis defense attorney. After his 36th, 30th successful case, he celebrates by going out drinking, but is arrested for drunk driving and sentenced to 500 hours of community service by coaching the local District 5 Pee Wee hockey team. Bombay has an unpleasant history with the sport. In 1973, he was the Hawks' star player, but struggling with the loss of his father, he missed a penalty shot in the championship game disappointing his hyper-competitive coach, Jack Riley. The Hawks went on to lose in overtime. Um, just a little side note. Gordon Bombay was played by the ever-loving 80s actor Emilio Estevez. He looks dapper in this movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Bombay meets the uh, District 5 team and realizes the children have no practice facility, equipment, or ability. The first game with Bombay at the helm is against the Hawks. Riley is still the Hawks head coach and despite a string of championship wins, remains bitter about the Gordon missed penalty shot. District 5 is roundly defeated as Riley uh, demands the Hawks to run up the score. Bombay berates the team for not listening to him and the players challenge his authority. For the next match, Bombay tries to get his team to cheat by dive and drawing penalties, which I think you remember that scene. Oh yeah, he's Take like Take the fall. <laughs> act hurt. Get indignant. Yeah, and then there was that part where Charlie, right? His name is yeah, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, it's in that game, he, yeah. He um he tells him to like act like the stick hit his eye and he refused to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. See, I retained something. Yeah, you did, you did. You she was you watched some of it with me. All of it. it <laughs> um which resulted in another loss this time to the Jets angering their team further. Bombay visits his old mentor Hans who owns a nearby sporting goods store and was in attendance at the game against the Hawks. While there, he recalls that he quit playing hockey after losing his father four months before the championship game. And because Riley blamed him for the missed penalty shot, Hans encourages him to rekindle his childhood passion for the sport. Bombay approaches his boss, Gerald Duxworth. I actually had a teacher in high school that was named Mr. Duxworth. And I always wanted to do the one scene in this movie where he goes, quack, 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 Mr. Duxworth. Why quack, 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 I quack, I would have done it. Sponsor <laughs> <laughs> the team, allowing them to purchase professional-grade equipment and give Bombay time to teach the players fundamentals. Renamed the Ducks after Duxworth, the team fights in its next game against the Cardinals to a tie. They recruit three... They recruit three new players. Figure skating siblings Tommy and Tammy Duncan... And a slap shot specialist and enforcer, Fulton Reed. What's so funny over there? I just remember that one scene where her little brother, Tommy, he, <laughs> she's like, well, what do I know about hockey? And she like knocks him over. He's like, more than you know. <laughs> <laughs> the potential of the Ducks um, player, Charlie Conway, catches Bombay's eye. He takes Charlie under his wing and teaches him some of the tactics he used, to, he used while playing with the Hawks. Bombay learns due to redistricting the Stars the Hawks star player wow I'm really just the stars the Hawks star player Adam Banks should be playing for the Ducks and threatens Riley into transferring Banks to the Ducks after overhearing an out of context quote about the team most of the players walk out resulting in a loss on forfeit to the Flames 
The Ducks lose faith in Bombay and revert to their old habits. Ducksworth makes a deal with Riley for the Hawks to keep Banks, which Bombay refuses on the principles of fair play, which is the scene I was talking about earlier where he goes, I will not do that. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, 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 quack. I don't know why you emphasize on the last quack. I don't know. Which uh, Ducksworth berated him about when he first started his community service. Left with the choice of letting his team down or being fired from his job, he takes the latter. Bombay manages to regain his players' trust after they win a crucial mask match against the Huskies, and Banks, who decides to stay with the Ducks rather than not play hockey at all, proves to be an asset. With further wins against the Hornets and the Cardinals, the Ducks reach the championship against the Hawks. Despite the Hawks taking Banks out of the game, the Ducks manage to tie late in the final period, and Charlie is tripped, which I need to speak about this because this kind of upsets me. Nowhere in the world... I love the Mighty Ducks movies, but they do not portray hockey very well. Um, Charlie Conway takes this penalty shot without a helmet on, <laughs> which would never be allowed um, in like amateur hockey. That's like the number one thing they're always talking about is helmets, 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 helmets. Like they're not going to let him take a penalty shot. Okay. But he does look party. Just kidding. Um, do, 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 do. Okay. In precisely the same situation Bombay faced at the film's beginning, Charlie prepares for a game-deciding penalty shot. In stark contrast to Riley, who told Bombay that if he missed, he was letting everyone down, Bombay tells Charlie to take his best shot and that he will believe in him no matter what. Inspired, Charlie jukes out the goalie with a triple deke. Bombay taught him and scores, winning the state championship. Okay. I'm going to let you talk about the next part here. You don't want to talk about anything else on the first movie? Um, I really enjoyed the first movie. Uh, it's second in the trilogy for me. Um, As I have not seen the other two. <laughs> yeah, so Kathy's going to be very quiet about the next two. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely enjoyed this one. This was, like I said before, this was my babysitter. Um, if the babysitter put this tape in, I'm pretty much going to watch it nonstop for the entire time my parents were gone when I was a kid. So, Okay. Um, so apparently the film grossed... Fifty million seven hundred and fifty-two thousand three hundred and thirty-seven dollars domestically in the U.S. And it US. only cost ten thousand ten million to make. So Disney made only a ten million. Yeah, if Disney made a forty million dollar no, profit I, on it back in the nineties. So you said it like ten million is like no I know, money at all. I know. <laughs> um, domestically in the U.S., becoming a surprising success with audiences. Um, also, Michael Eisner thought up a crazy idea for Disney. What if Disney went into the market of sports ownership with the success of the movie? Um, so he went ahead and br brought a hockey team named the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Um, the only thing about that was that he only had seven months to get a team on the ice, which is a very short time to get season ticket holders, a staff, a team, coaches, etc. Um, together. But luckily for Eisner, he already had a home for the Mighty Ducks called the Arrowhead Pond, where the Ducks still play their home games to this day. That arena was actually built a couple years before the team was um, even in the... Like, it was just built for, like, concerts and whatnot. Oh. And Eisner kind of saw an opportunity there for them to be able to have a hockey team. And with the uh, success of the franchise of the movie... So it's the, the arena's called the Arrowhead Pond? It used to be called that. Okay. Now it's called the Honda Center. I was going to say, because so, it has to be sponsored by somebody. Yeah, it's sponsored by somebody now. But back then, they were... I think Arrowhead, Arrowhead actually was a company then. But... Um, I don't think they, I don't know if they still are or not, but I know. Um. All right, so um, the Mighty Ducks were founded in 1993 by the Walt Disney Company. First off, I got to give it to Disney to 
put a team together in seven months. Um, that's absolutely crazy to me because you look at the teams like the Vegas Golden Knights. Joe, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> it took them about a year and a half we, to put a team together. We gave you Flurry and Ryan Reeves. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that one in there. <laughs> but to put a hockey team together in seven months, that that's absolutely incredible on their behalf. So the franchise was awarded by the NHL in 1992, along with the rights to a Miami team that would later become the Florida Panthers. Hmm. An entrance fee of $50 million was required, half of which Disney would pay directly to the Los Angeles Kings in order to share Southern California. Did not know that. I didn't know that either. That was actually something I learned. On March 1st, 1993, at a brand new Anaheim Arena, located a short distance east of Disneyland and across the Orange Freeway from An Angel Stadium, the team's name was announced. The team's name was inspired by the 1992 Disney film, The Mighty Ducks, about a struggling, obviously we talked about this already, uh, with the help of their new coach becomes champions. Philadelphia Arena Manager Specialist Tony Tavares was chosen to be the team president, and Jack Ferrer, who previously helped create the San Jose Sharks, became the Ducks general manager. The Mighty Ducks' first ever pick was an undersized scorer named Paul Correa, who, actually, I have a figurine of in the house. I'm looking at it right now. The you Duck said to me today that you weren't surprised that, that was their first pick. Why? Um, he's a very good player, and the team that they put together was very oversized. Like most of the guys on the team were over six two and weighed over two hundred pounds. Their their original team, so they were some big foes. The Ducks selected Ron Wilson to be their first head coach in team history, which I think Ron Wilson still has a job in the NHL today. Hmm. So I mean, there's some history for you. The Ducks and the expansion Florida Panthers team filled out their rosters in the 1993 expansion draft and the 1993 entry draft. In the former, a focus on defense led to goalies Guy Hebert, Glenn Healy becoming the first picks, followed by Alex Kastanov and Stephen King. Wait. What is his name? The first one? Guy, Guy Hebert. That's how you pronounce that? Yes. I would have said Guy Herbert. Yeah, it's Guy Hebert. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> The Ducks selected a fourth overall pick, uh, which was Paul Correa, who began playing in 1994, but would turn out to be the, of the, franchise, the face. face of the franchise for many years. The resulting roster had the lowest payroll of the NHL at $7.9 mm. This part, Kathy, is really so going to want to talk about, yeah, so I'm, I'm so going to let her have this part. This is what you sent me today, and I'm very excited about it. Um, so the opening night for the Mighty Ducks was something out of a Disney movie. Um, they started the opening night festivities with Lumiere skating to center ice, welcoming everyone to the Arrowhead Pond. Um, we do have a clip of how it sounded on opening night, um, and we're going to play it for you here in a minute. Um, and this was followed by Wildwing, who is the Mighty Duck mascot and was the star in the cartoon series for Disney. Um, we're going to go back to that later, yeah. though. Um, he came down from the rafters and hit the ice to the song Rock the Pond, which was featured in the Mighty Ducks D2 movie. But right now we're going to go ahead and play you the clip of Lumiere skating on the ice for their intro. This pregame ceremonies lasted an hour. Well, with that, let's go directly downstairs to our good friend and public address announcer, Denny Packer, for the start of tonight's pregame ceremonies from the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. This team 
hockey fans, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight to the pond. We invite you to relax and take your seat as the city of Anaheim, the National Hockey League, and the Mighty Ducks celebrate a new era in sports entertainment. So that was my favorite thing. 
about this episode <laughs> because you sent that to me. You're like, you're going to love this. And I, I watched it and it's, it is like something out of a Disney movie. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that they took Be Our Guest and I know, made it made like it something uh, of made their it, own. Yeah, made it into like the Mighty Ducks, uh, like little theme song there a little bit. So yeah. And you, you just found that out today, didn't you? Yeah, I was doing a lot of research today. Um, I found like a 40-minute video about the like first season of The Mighty Dogs. We're not going to play that for no, you. No, we're not going to play that for you. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to bog you down with you know names of players that you're never going to know. Um, but yeah, it was definitely something out of a Disney movie. Um, it kind of shows that that's where hockey was headed to with like its intros and everything else kind of putting on a show before you go into the game and that yeah. happens in a lot of arenas now so yeah. except there's not lumiere skating to center ice i was kind of disappointed mickey didn't make an appearance in this at some point but i i figure he's probably been to a couple kind of wish they games. still did it <laughs> i was looking at some of the comments and a lot of people are like i'm so glad disney doesn't own the mighty ducks anymore why not because they think that's lame <laughs> you're lame <laughs> Can I read the next one? Sure. Uh, I just want to start this out by former Penguin. And now you can read. Troy Loney? Yes. Okay. So um, the team was led by Captain Troy Loney, who John just said was a former Penguin. Um, the Ducks finished the season 33-46-5, a record-breaking number of wins for an expansion team. Before the Vegas Golden Knights. You're welcome, Joe. <laughs> Which the Florida Panthers also achieved. The Ducks sold out 27 out of 41 home games, which is a lot for a first season. Yeah, that's, I mean, besides Vegas, which I think they sold out every single one, but that's because Vegas is a party city, so. <laughs> um, including the last 25 and filled the Arrowhead Pond to 98.9% of its se season capacity. Um, Ducks licensed merchandise shot to number one in sales among NHL clubs. Helped by... Their presence in Disney's theme parks and Disney stores. Um, the lockout shortened the 94-95 season. Um, what? Saw the debut of Paul Correa, who would play 47 of the team's 48 games that year. Okay. Scoring 18 goals and 21 assists for 39 points. The Ducks had a respectable season going 16-27-5. Sorry, that tripped me up a little bit because of the way it was worded. Oh, you're good. <laughs> um... Oh, okay. So you're going to talk about the second yes. movie now? Yes, the second movie now. Um, before you start, though, can I hand out, give, our, give yeah, out our ahead. handles? Yeah, your handle. <laughs> okay, so our Instagram account is started with a mouse underscore podcast. Our Gmail account is started with a mouse podcast at gmail.com. And then we have a Facebook group started with a mouse podcast. You just search it in Facebook. And we're currently on... Apple working, Podcast yeah. and SoundCloud. If working you go, on, if if go, you sorry. go, I'm frustrating, Kathy. Yes, <laughs> always. <laughs> if you go to www.soundcloud.com/slash started with a mouse podcast, and then if you just search in Apple Podcast, started with a mouse podcast, smash the subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to rate review us as well. Yeah, rate and review us. And as John was interrupting me, he was going to say that we are on our way to getting approved to be on iHeartRadio yeah, as well. Yeah, because apparently they're number one for podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so like I said, this is going in chronological order. This is right after um, the Mighty Ducks actually started their f NHL franchise. I think this is 1994. I'm not 100% sure. Well, you're lacking because you should have researched well, it. Well, I did research <laughs> it, but you know, sometimes my research I wasn't perfect. 
I'm just I tried my best. <laughs> I tried my best. Jeez. I did my best. I did my best. Stop. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about Mighty Ducks D2. Former Pee Wee hockey coach Gordon Bombay is a star in the minor league, expected to reach the National Hockey League. However, a career-ending knee injury brings him back to his hometown of Minneapolis. Uh, Bombay is offered a chance to coach a team representing the United States in the Junior Goodwill Games in Los Angeles. He and Charlie Conway managed to reunite most of his former Duck players while the Hawks tried to enact revenge on the United reunited Ducks for their humiliating loss two years earlier. Their plans are foiled by Fulton Reed, who leaves them tied up in their underpants. <laughs> I love that scene. I know you haven't seen it, but it's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> Such a funny scene. Uh-huh. Team USA consists of many of the old Ducks in addition to five new players with special talents. That's why this is your favorite, because of Team USA. Of course. That's why I got a shirt coming from. Shout out to Pat McAfee Show. Mm-hmm. I've got a Mighty Ducks shirt coming with Bombay, I want to say Charlie Conway, and a couple other Ducks that says American Heroes on it. So, okay. Pat McAfee Show, if you want to sponsor us, please. I'd love to meet you. He's not going to listen to a Disney podcast. He says he's only seen like two Disney movies, so I don't think anyway. he's going to listen. I'll let you go into the next part here. In Los Angeles, the lore of celebrity distracts Bombay, who begins to neglect the team for a luxurious lifestyle. I don't blame him. The team <laughs> wins easy victories over Trinidad and Tobago in Perfect. Italy. I know my countries. I know. I was just saying that was very <laughs> good. In the double elimination tournament, Fulton Reed and Dean Portman gain re- recognition for their enforcer skills and are dubbed the Bash Brothers. Backup goaltender Jolie Gaffney asks Bombay for a chance to play, but is told to wait as goalie Greg Goldberg is on a hot streak. <laughs> I love Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny. Very funny, guys. <laughs> you need to see him here in the second one. He does an interview with uh, your favorite player. From these movies. I forget what his name is. Averman. Averman. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one thing that I really... The first the first time he talks in the movie, the first movie. It's when he's doing the... Um, he go, I, well, he t- first he tells Bombay, he's like, we really suck. Yeah, no, and then the part. other one, he's like, he's announcing the play yeah, yeah. as they're going. He's like, oh, the Belgian hammer. Yeah, that part. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, so this is about my favorite villain. Okay, do you want me yeah. to read it? You can read it. Go ahead. The team suffers an embarrassing 12-1 to defeat against Iceland, coached by ex-NHL player Wolf the Dentist Stan- Stanson. You're perfect. I was just giving you credit. <laughs> USA plays badly, and st- star center Adam Banks is slashed in the wrist. Frustrated, Bombay drives his players even harder, but they begin to suffer from complete exhaustion. Um, realizing the children are too tired to complete their schoolwork or even stay awake in class, the team's tutor, Michelle McKay, intervenes, canceling practice and confronting Bombay over his thought- thoughtlessness. Um, once better rested, the players encounter a street hockey team who teaches them to play like the real team USA. Which is where they pick up uh, Russ Tyler uh, during that scene. So this uh, Michelle McKay. Okay. I'm guessing Bombay's gonna, you know. Yeah, he has a love interest with her. Every time there's like a woman in this movie, he has a love interest with them. So every movie, it's a different woman? Not the third one. He's not really in the third one. What a player. (laughs) I mean, he plays hockey. Just kidding. Wow. I wasn't saying that you said player, and I was saying hockey player. Wow. Whatever. (laughs) Bombay continues to suffer from pressure until January. Brother to Jan, brother of Hans. 
visits and reminds him of his love for the game. In their match against Germany, Bombay fails to arrive on time, forcing Charlie to tell the referee, um, Coach McK um, the teacher, the one you just, Michelle McKay is the team's assistant coach. The team is struggling, entering the third period tied until Bombay arrives and apologizes to the team for his behavior. Inspired by the true return of their coach, the players win the game with their signature flying V and advance to the next round. I've always wanted to see a flying V in a real game. There's it's been never one. I, I took a picture. Of, I showed you one. That doesn't count. I'm going to see it in a real game. It was a real game. I mean, real time. Oh. Like me watching oh. it. Oh, <laughs> that that's a once in a lifetime type thing. They renew, uh, the renewed Bombay finally uh, realizes Adam's wrist injury and benches him despite his complaints to want to play. To fill the open roster spot, Charlie recruits street hockey player Russ Tyler, who I just talked about a little bit ago, whose unique knuckle puck, which rotates end over end rather than spinning around its center line, secures USA's victory over Russia, advancing team to the championship game for a rematch against Iceland. Adam's injury is healed once only to find Team USA with a full roster. Knowing the team needs Russ's knuckle puck and Adam's skill against Iceland, Charlie gives up his spot, cementing his leadership as a true team captain, and Bombay has Charlie help coach. And I'm going to let you go into the last He's little bit. He's such here. a nice kid. He is, isn't he? Yeah. I might as well not even watch the next two because you're going to tell me the whole plot. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You promised. <laughs> anyway, in the final game, the physically imposing Iceland initially dominates as the Ducks incur penalties. Ken picks a fight with an opposing player. The Bash brothers fight the entire Iceland bench, and Dwayne Las Iosis or Lassos. Uh, Lassos. Lassos, an opposing player, before he can check Connie. An annoyed. He's from Texas. So he Lassos. Okay, I didn't know if that was his last yeah, name. Yeah, Lassos. Okay. No, he last like he literally Lassos. Okay, okay. An annoyed Bombay observes, "This isn't a hockey game; it's a circus." After rousing, after a rousing locker room speech from Bombay and new Ducks jerseys from Jan, Jan, it's Jan. Jan. The team emerges rejuvenated. Um, the Ducks tie the game with goals from Connie Banks, Lewis, or Louis. Which one is it? Louis. Louis, and finally Russ, who was. Um, targeted by Iceland, but disguised himself as Goldberg to pull off a successful knuckle. Here's pack. another. I'm going to go on another rant. Okay. Um, during the scene, they take a 30 second timeout, and Goldberg and Russ Tyler change gear in 30 seconds. <laughs> that could never happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. You have to get to a hockey game like 45 to minutes to an hour before if you're playing goalie because it takes you that long to put it on. So I just like to relax in the locker room. Love the smell. Shower bear. What, what are you saying? Nothing. Paul will know what I'm saying. <laughs> the game is forced to go to a five-shot shootout with a 4-3 score in favor of the Ducks. Gunnar Stahl, the tournament's leading scorer, is Team Iceland's final shooter. Bombay replaces Goldberg with Jolie, who has a faster glove. Gunnar fires a hard slap shot and Jolie falls to the ice. The entire stadium waits in breathless anticipation as she opens her glove and drops the puck, revealing the game-winning save and the Ducks triumph over Iceland to win the tournament. And the crowd goes wild. He's fancy. He'll go glove. <laughs> Despite Wolf's disappointment, he congratulates Bombay while Gunnar congratulates Charlie, stating, Good work, Captain Duck. Good work, Captain Duck. Um, the team returns to Minnesota, A, eh? and sing Queens We Are the Champions around a campfire as the credits roll. It's in its opening weekend, the film grossed ten million three hundred and fifty six thousand seven hundred and forty eight dollars. 
domestically. It was a financial success with a final domestic box office total of $45,610,410. I would like to see a Mighty Ducks where they don't win the final game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Daniel Tosh has talked about this before. And it was like... Because it's not always a happy ending. I know, but it's (laughs) Disney. It's always a happy ending. No, it's not. Um, No, he talks about it on one of his stand-up specials. (laughs) He's like, because, you know, you always get those DVDs with the extra, like, alternate ending. He's like, I want to see the scene where they lose the hockey game. I can't talk about the rest of it because it goes into real bad stuff. So that's about as far as I'm going. If you know a Disney movie where there is not a happy ending, email us at startedwithmousepodcast at gmail.com. This next one, I'm actually going to cut some of this short. You don't um, have to. It's, eh. There's not a lot left. You're fine. Okay. Go ahead. It's so your episode. This is next here. This series was very short-lived. Um, it lasted from January 7th, or no, September 6th, 1996 to January 17th, 1997. So that shows you how small of a window this was in. I'm sorry. My mom just texted me and distracted me. She sent me a picture of a graduation cap. And you know how the kids are writing stuff on the top of them? It has Dory on it. And it says, I already forgot everything. And she says, this would have been my graduation cap because we call her Dory. (laughs) Yes, we do. And then she says, wait, what was I saying? (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So this next is going to be about Mighty Ducks, the cartoon series. In another uh, universe, exists a planet populated entirely by humanoid ducks this show was so stupid i'm sorry i love you but it was stupid i hated I the show it personally so i hated whatever. the show <laughs> dub puck world by its inhabitants it's an icy planet perfectly suited by to the ducks favorite pastime hockey but to the citizens of puck world hockey was not simply a, a sport but a way of life occupying virtually every aspect of day-to-day existence Legend had it that centuries ago, during an invasion by a reptilian race called Sin- Sorens. Sorens. I, I should have watched a series to <laughs> remember the names. It's like how Mikey and Bob say. Oregon? 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 And then they Oregon? It, they did it today, too. I was listening to them on the way. They're like, Illinois? 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 Illinois. <laughs> a duck named Drake Duquesne became the the planet's savior over the Surian, Surians, or overlords. Okay, I got it now. We're good. The legend tells that Duquesne did so with a high-tech goalie mask. With it, Duquesne sent the Surians to a mis- mysterious uh, dimensional limbo. Okay. The last of the Surians escaped the uh, dimensional limbo and returned to Puck World with an armada of robotic attack ships. The gr- group of four is led by the last of the Surian overlords, Lord Dragonus who is ass- assisted by his minion, Siege, Chameleon, and Wraith. You are killing these names. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> they invade the planet and enslave the people of Puckworld. After some time, a resistance is formed by Kennard, who has found the mask of Drake Duquesne. With it, the wearer of the mask could see through the Surian's invisible cloaks. Kennard forms a band of ducks to fight Dragonus. The members of his team consist of Wildwing, which is the Mighty Ducks mascot. Which is... Oh, you, that's the one that you want yes, to see in I Disney World. Yes, I want it World. so bad. Like a meet and greet character. Uh, well, I mean, even if I just got to meet the mascot at the Ducks <laughs> game, I'm going to be happy. I want okay. the little troll doll they had last year. Yeah. Uh, nosedive, Tanya, Duke, Mallory, and Grin. Grin is just this big, giant guy. He's like, mm-hmm. inner peace. <laughs> and then he just, like, smashes stuff. 
They go on a mission to destroy Degranus Fortress, the Master Tower, and free the planet from the Syrians' control. While the mission is successful, Degranus and his forces manage to escape their ship, the Raptor. The Syrians open up a dimensional gateway to escape through, but Kennard and the others follow him to the portal with the Arrowwing and attempt on stopping him. Dragonus, I'll let you read this next part, sorry. Okay. Dragonus attempts to get rid of the ducks inside the portal by attacking them with an electromagnetic worm that will grow until it can swallow the arrow wing. Which is like a battleship, by yeah. the way, sorry. In a desperate attempt to get rid of the worm, Kennard sacrifices his own life by throwing himself to the worm. Before doing so, however, Kennard gave the mask and leadership of the team to Wildwing Flashblade, his best friend. Both the raptor and... The arrow wing leave the portal and enter a different dimension, landing in the Earth city of Anaheim, California. <laughs> Shocker. The ducks meet Phil Palmfeather, a human <laughs> who becomes their manager and makes them a legitimate NHL team. Foreshadowing, if I don't yeah, say so yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, their arena, only known as the Pond in the show, has a hockey rink that doubles as a landing pad for the arrow wing above and has a formal HQ below. Um, headquarters? Headquarters, yeah. Okay. You're good, you're good. <laughs> On Earth, the Ducks and Dragonus continue their fight with Dragonus's <laughs> plans of conquest, often curtailed. Yeah. I don't know what that word means. Um, by damage to the Raptor's power source and his efforts to find a new source of power, although there are other villains that also challenge the six Ducks. Sadly, this series did not last very long. I did not write that, but by the way, that's yeah, John. Yeah, that, that was me. It was only in production from September 6, 1996 to January 17th of 1997. And the last time it was seen on TV was on is it was in November of 2004 for Toon Disney. Which was something that was on in like the mornings on like mm -hmm. Saturday. I think that's where I caught it was there. I didn't catch like the original. I think I caught it during You Toon were just Disney. watching it on one of our flights, weren't you? Uh, I think it was on something that you were, you were watching on one of our flights. I might have downloaded it or yeah, something. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. Um, but yeah, those, I really enjoyed the uh, the animated series. There's only one season, so that kind of shows how good the viewership was for it, but I don't yeah, think many two people thought that... It was a fighting, horrible show. I don't think many two people thought Fighting Ducks was a good TV show. It was a horrible television show. Don't ever watch it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> Holy cow. There's not much more. Let's go. Okay. Okay. This is about the third Mighty Ducks, which, which ranks third. And Kathy has never seen this yeah, one. Yeah, Kathy has never seen this one. Um, this one is about the third Mighty Ducks. This one was not uh, received very well critically or audiencely. Audiencely? So That's a new word, huh? We'll go into it now. <laughs> Mighty Ducks 3. After their victory at the Goodwill Games in Los Angeles, California, the Ducks are awarded junior varsity hockey scholarships to Eaton Hall Academy, the prestigious prep school that coach Gordon Bombay attended. Bombay announces that he is leaving the team to take a job with the junior Goodwill Games, much to the team's dismay. His position is filmed by former Minnesota North hey. Stars <laughs> Sorry, you said Minnesota. <laughs> player Ted O'Rion. The ducks, crash, the ducks clash with Orion's disciplinary tactics and controversial decision. He starts Julie Gaffney in goal over Greg Goldberg after Julie's superior play in tryouts, directs the team to play defense over scoring, and strips Charlie Conway, Joshua Jackson, obviously, of his captain C, declaring the team's past strategies ineffective. So this is where the movies just go to crap. Yeah, the, this one. I mean, I like it, but 
a lot of people don't. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think that hockey was better in this one than most of them. Okay. He has proven right in their first game when the Ducks caught he at their initial dominance. Now, this could never happen in hockey. I don't care what anybody says. Lose a nine-goal lead and take an embarrassing tie. Never in hockey have I seen a team with a nine-goal lead tie. Never say never. If it happens... In the words of Justin Bieber. Yeah. The odds on that would be insane. Orion tells the Ducks that they will have to learn to play two-way hockey and not choke when things aren't going their way. Charlie meets Linda, a student petitioning to change the school's team name, the Warriors, as it... uh, What is that? Perpetrates. Perpetrates. Thank you. I can't use big words. Native American stereotype. (laughs) Though she initially writes him off as a mindless jock, the two soon hit it off. And then this... Go ahead. Go ahead. Is the captain's name... Orion or Orion? Orion. Okay, I was just wondering. You're fine. That's the coach. That's what I said, the coach. You said the captain. No, I said the coach. Okay. Okay. Um, in that scene, it was actually kind of funny. They prelude to the fact that the Mighty Ducks are a real thing. Mm. In the movie, they're like, he's like, they named a pro hockey team after us. When he's trying to like <laughs> impress her. So. Okay. The team's uh, face. I was going to read Okay, this go, ahead. go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. The team faces disdain from most Eden Hall students and parents, particularly the varsity hockey team um, into which Adam Banks is recruited. Wait, so he's coming back? No, Adam Banks is on the varsity team. This is like the Doxter Junior Varsity and the the Eden Hall team's varsity. So So he's like like downgrading? No, he's upgrading. Okay. Um, The two teams engage in an escalating prank war culminating in an unofficial match on the school ice rink where the Ducks are badly beaten. When Coach Orion forbids the old Ducks name and uniforms declaring Ducks are dead. Oh gosh. (laughs) Charlie is fed up with Orion, whom he considers washed up and leaves the team with Fulton Reed. Fulton's the kid that is one in five, right? Yeah, he's the slapshot kid. Uh, Venting to Hans, his and Gordon's mentor, Charlie is further upset when Hans appears to take Orion's side. After skipping school at the Mall of America with Charlie, who proposes returning to public school before pursuing hockey careers, Fulton realizes he might not want to follow Charlie or play hockey for the rest of his life and suggests Charlie rejoin the Ducks. Chagrined. Chagrined? Yeah, I think that's the word. Chagrined. Chagrined. Charlie learns that Hans has died. What? Yeah, Hans dies in this movie. How old is he? He's like... You've seen the first movie. I don't know. He which was one. pretty old then. He was like 60, 70 years old. Oh, in the Hans first is one. that shoe guy in the first scene where he like is is um, sharpening the skate. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Hans. A, yeah, he's aww, the older guy. That's sad. <laughs> Do you want me to read the next part? Because you're sad. Sure. Bombay returns for Hans Memorial and takes Charlie back to Eaton Hall. He explains to Charlie that Orion was a great bow player who only left the sport to take care of his daughter after a car accident. In that scene, you actually, like, you see Charlie and Co- in Bombay, like, kind of just sitting there. And you see, like, Coach O'Ryan take his daughter out for a skate in her uh, wheelchair. Oh, that's sad. So he's not much of a jerk. No, he's really not. Okay. Bombay reveals his own circumstance that led to coaching the Ducks and changing his life for the better. And that he told O'Ryan that Charlie was the heart and soul of the team, hoping they would both learn something from each other. Touched, Charlie agrees to rejoin the team. This is your part. You can read this. 
Okay, is there a I'll reason? let you read the next couple paragraphs. Okay. At the team bus for the next game, Charlie apologizes to Orion, who, surprised by his sincerity, welcomes him back. Fulton has also rejoined, and Adam leaves the varsity team to return to the JV Ducks. Dean Buckley, the school's headmaster, informs the team that its board of trustees is going to vote Revoke. to... Vote to oh, revoke sorry. the Ducks' scholarships due to the unpopularity of their admission and their mediocre performance on the ice. The Dean offers Orion a chance to start a new team, but Orion refuses, assuring his team will fight the decision. Um, at the trustees' meeting, no one listens to the Ducks until Bombay arrives. Threatening to tie up the matter in court, the board reluctantly votes to reinstate the Ducks' scholarships. So Bombay is, like, acting as our lawyer? Yeah, because he was a okay. lawyer in the yeah, first yeah, one. Yeah, so. The JV Ducks and the Varsity Warriors agree that if Varsity beats JV in the upcoming exhibition game, JV will leave the school, but if JV wins, the official team name will be changed to the Mighty Ducks. Orion and the Ducks train hard, focusing on defense around the goal. Orion returns the Ducks jerseys just before the game, feeling they have finally earned them. The game begins and Varsity dominates on offense, but the Ducks' newly required defensive skill keeps the game scoreless. Varsity restores to resorts. resorts to viciously checking every player they can, leaving the Ducks battered by the third period. At the second intermission, Dean Portman, who had refused the school's scholarship, returned to the team with a much-needed spark. The Ducks receive two penalties and must play five on three. Orion renames Charlie captain and urges him to go for the win. With seconds left, Charlie is on a way breakaway, but in a surprise move, passes the puck to Goldberg, who became a defenseman in this movie, oh. whose scores were securing a one nothing victory for the Ducks. Go, Goldberg. <laughs> Charlie embraces Orion and spots Bombay in attendance. They watch as the warrior emblem is replaced by a banner with the Ducks logo, which is why I have a shirt that says Eaton Hall Mighty Ducks. Oh, that makes sense. Establishing the Eating Hall Mighty Ducks. Linda kisses Charlie and Bombay departs with a smile, knowing his protege has matured. I'm so proud of you for knowing that word. <laughs> this movie only ended up making $22 million uh, domestically, which is the lowest out of the three movies. Okay. kind of still want to watch it, actually. I love the third one, personally, but, you, you know. You just said that it wasn't that great. I, I, It's a love-hate relationship with that movie. Okay. Um, so... We're going to go back to Disney owning the hockey team. Yes. And apparently they had enough of it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it says during the summer of 2004, as the NHL and the National Hockey League Players Association uh, labor dispute was headed towards a long lockout. Disney tried to sell the team, but received a low offer of 40 million U.S. dollars. Um, less than the franchise's original price. You know what kind of blows my mind about this is the Ducks had made the Stanley Cup final the year before. Why Disney would want to pull out then? Yeah, I know that it was maybe like, it was too much. I don't know. I that's don't a know. Lot but yeah, a but Disney, team. Disney has so much money. But Disney has a lot on their plate. I know, but I was just saying. But go ahead. Um, in 2005, Broadcom Corporation co-founder Henry Samuli, yeah, Sam- we'll Samuli that. Close of enough. Irvine, California, and his wife Susan bought the Mighty Ducks from the Walt Disney Company for a reported uh, 75 million U.S. dollars. The Samuelis pledged to keep the team in Anaheim. Brian Burke, former Vancouver Canucks gen- GM and president, was appointed general manager and executive vice president of the Mighty Ducks on June 20th, 2005. In January, Samuelai announced the team would be renamed as simply the Anaheim Ducks as the following 
as of the following season. Which led to the beautiful jerseys that they wear in the Mighty Ducks movies no longer being worn in the NHL, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah. I want them to bring them back. Mm. So, um, we this is going to lead us into present day. Where is the Mighty Ducks franchise heading? <laughs> Nowhere. Not I'm really. I'm joking. Not really. Um, recently, we've talked about it a couple times. Uh, the Mighty Ducks franchise seems to be heading uh, that Disney's going to revive it. There's been talks about sequels with uh, Amelia Estevez saying, you know, he has a script for the fourth one and everything else. Also, there's supposed to be something involving the Mighty Ducks on Disney+. Plus. Um, also, there was a couple events. Isn't it like another series, like a new series? I don't know Mighty if it's going to be a series or a movie, but okay. I know it's a, a plan for it. Okay. Um, also, there was an event at Disneyland where a lot of the Mighty the Anaheim Ducks players uh, went, uh, I think it was for the 25th anniversary of the team. Yeah, yeah. Out there that. to Disney. And then uh, a we lot of the, that. yeah, a lot of the original Mighty Ducks uh, went out to an event. So um, it's kind of cool to see all that. And then there was a couple commercials made and gags and everything else. And they had a lot so of the original. So they try to incorporate it as much as they can. I just wish they'd put more merchandise in the parks. Um, so you have anything else to say about the ducks or anything? No, not really. Um, that was my episode. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead, go ahead and say let's get into the news. No, I'm gonna give out the tag. Okay, bit. sorry. Um, again, our Instagram is started with a mouse underscore podcast. Our Gmail is started with a mouse podcast at gmail dot com. Um, if you have any, you know, suggestions for future episodes that we could do, we have a lineup of some, but we're always open to suggestions. Um. What else? Facebook yep. started with a mouse podcast. We have a lot of like polls and just discussions yeah. in there. If you want to be more than happy to talk in there, like don't, don't be shy. And then um, we are currently on SoundCloud and Apple, Apple podcasts. If We're you working to get on more, um, if you subscribe to us and then rate and review us so we know how we're doing and we're trying to get on iHeartRadio. Working on that. Yeah. All right. So let's head into the news. Okay. Okay, so um, Jim Shore is coming to Disneyland Paris on November 9th. He will be meeting guests in the Disney Gallery Shop in the Disney Village for a signature event. Um, he's best known for his Disney traditions creations, which include artwork inspired by the classics such as Snow White, Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and many more. I think it's kind of like that um, shop that we went that into. Was, that place is awesome. Yeah. I love that place, it's even though I can't afford anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Some of their artwork's only like twenty bucks. Yeah, so the some stuff that of we it, got. Some of it, but also some of it's like twenty grand. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there is a new Toy Story Adidas shoe collection awesome. coming soon. There's Adidas, and then there's another brand. I think it's Reebok. I think it is Reebok too. Yeah, I seen that today. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but a very clever teen baked enough cookie cupcakes, not cookies, <laughs> uh, to take his whole family to Walt Disney World. Huh? How innovative is that? He like Wait, explain this to me. I'm he confused. made cupcakes and then sold them like a bake sale and then made enough money ah, to take his whole family to Walt Disney World. That's something I would have done. That's <laughs> about 4,000 cupcakes. <laughs> 4,000? If he has three family members, maybe. <laughs> maybe he's just going on a weekend trip. Okay. <laughs> um, Harrison Ford claims that Indiana <laughs> Jones 5 will begin filming very soon, maybe even as early as this week. Yeah, because Harrison Ford isn't 85 years old. And He's going to keep going and making that God. money. And then his children's 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 My children. My question is, is how are we going to have, like, 
How is he going to have like he's a... He's going to uh, be in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's going to be... <laughs> he'll just be in there for like five seconds. I hand the tart off to... There will be a big rock like chasing him in the wheelchair and he'll be like rolling his arms to like get away from it. <laughs> um, apparently there's a live action Snow White film in the works. You know who they you should cast... You can just insert crickets right there. <laughs> you, you know who they should cast as Grumpy? My dad. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> you can't um, tell my parents are here. <laughs> Donald Duck's um, 85th anniversary. <laughs> it started yesterday. I'm sorry. No, it, his birthday was yesterday, June 9th. Um, it's posing a bunch of new merchandise, pins, and more. And the first 100 guests that made a purchase yesterday actually received a free Donald Duck-inspired magic key. Aww. The merch looks awesome. I think there's actually a spirit jersey. I'm in. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm, I'm in. in. Um, there are currently a lot of renovations happening at the Disneyland. At the Disneyland. <laughs> at the Disneyland. At Disneyland Paris. The ABC commissary has reopened at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Did we get to eat there? Did yeah, but that's eat? where we ate the last time. It okay. wasn't too bad. It was surprisingly no. good. Supposedly they're having like a revamp menu and everything. So. It was pretty good. I mean, yeah. when we went, we was kind of more out of necessity because Hollywood Studios was packed that day. And there's no, yeah, there, yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, there's a new giant Briar Rose Gold Macaron. Macaroon, however you want to pronounce it. I pronounce it macaroon. Um, it's in the Roaring Fork, Roaring Fork, which is in Walt Disney World's Wilderness Lodge. It's shaped like Minnie Mouse and colored with pink and gold. It has striped icing and topped with an adorable chocolate bow. Um, it's sweet and tart raspberry jelly filling on the inside. And it's $6.99 or a snack credit on the Disney plan. The 2020 Walt Disney World vacation packages will begin going on sale as of June 18th. I want to talk about something before we get into this next part. Go ahead. Um, my, like we had mentioned, my parents are here mm-hmm. right now. Um, they're being very nice and being very quiet. <laughs> they <laughs> love listening to the podcast, so they're getting to hear the other half of it right now. Um, but they did bring us some uh, Christmas stuff. Yeah, that you opened. No, not that stuff. I'm talking about the oh. outdoor stuff. <laughs> I'm talking, oh, I thought you meant the Christmas presents no, that you no, accidentally No, well, we're going to post those up later so okay. everyone can see that. Uh, but they did bring us um, some different... Like vintage. Yeah, some vintage stuff. They brought us um, a nine-foot-tall Mickey that's going to be outside our house during mm-hmm. the holidays. Yay. A, um, what is it, like a neon sign? Yeah, it's a neon sign. A neon mini. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for me, because I love hockey, they brought me a Peanuts... Um, Zamboni. Zamboni. So go into the next part. It'll all make <laughs> sense here in a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hallmark released this year's ornaments. Which Kathy wants like 35 of them. <laughs> yes, I do. For her Disney tree. Uh, they will debut in July and I want all of them. Except. I wonder if in July they'll be like a little bit cheaper because it's July. <laughs> no, it's Disney. Uh. And it's Hallmark. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think the one I want the most is that. Um, you know which one I want the happy, most. Happy. Happiness. Happiness, happy, what's her name? Joy, 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 joy. joy. I yeah. got joy, 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 <laughs> joy down in my heart. Um, yeah. There is a Heroes and Villains exhibit coming to D23 Expo uh, this year. There is now an electric vehicle charging station available Ooh. at Hollywood Studios. So if, if you, you have, have a Tesla, smart car. <laughs> you have a Tesla, you can charge it up. <laughs> um. The costume policy is staying in effect for Galaxy's Edge, so it just means that you cannot resemble the cast members even if you bought the costumes in the park. So, like, if your child wants to be Darth Vader, you cannot dress him up as Darth Vader. Um, 
I actually, <laughs> I, I saw somebody post on one of the pages that we follow, the Disney pages, and they're like, so these characters actually don't break character at all. Nope. How do I ask for a Band-Aid? And somebody posted a link where you can like translate from their language oh to like our language. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the Disney Villains After Hours events have begun at Magic Kingdom. What? After the Grinds My Gear episode, everyone knows how I feel about this event. <laughs> Everybody knows how all of us feel about that. Um, the... That's supposed to say wishables, not washables. <laughs> I was going to say, did they like have a soap? I saw a soap <laughs> today that looked pretty cool. It was supposed to benefit sharks. Okay. The Little Mermaid inspired wishables are now available. Those are those little plush toys. Okay. That okay. Disney, I yeah. got you. Yeah. I'm upset about this. I want to talk about this. I'm upset about it. I'm kind of not. I'm but upset I about I don't, it. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. You want to read it? Yeah. Um, changes coming to Fast Pass tier levels at, at uh, Hollywood Studios this summer. Beginning August 29th, that's got to be really close to opening of Galaxy's Edge. It is. It's it's like within days, I think. Okay. Or it's the actual day. I'm not okay. sure. Rides at Hollywood Studio will become a tier one Fast Pass and shows will become a tier two. This basically means that Slinky Dog Dash, Alien Swirling Saucer, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller rock and roller coaster will all be on the same tier and you can only choose one with the exception of galaxy's edge which will not be available for fast passes as we all know that irks me but why because, because i want to okay ah! but listen to me okay everybody's going to be so obsessed with galaxy's edge that they're not going to want to go back to those other rides so we can use our fast pass on alien swirling saucer or slinky dog dash slinky dog. and then still get on tower of terror and rock and roller coaster within probably a 30 minute time frame because everybody's going to be a galaxy's edge yeah also don't forget the 301 trick yeah stop telling people that there's like don't go when we go okay <laughs> don't go when we go because we want the 301 fast passes so loud. Ah! Um, there's a new Star Wars donut at Disneyland Resort Galaxy's Edge, which I hope it comes to Disney World. It's a vanilla cake donut frosted with blue, pink, and purple berry flavored icing, dusted with silver stars, and decorated Ooh. with pieces of iridescent chocolate galaxy rocks. It looks did, amazing. Did we post my cake on the page yet? I don't know. I think we should. If we I think it. you should because okay. it's your cake. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> um, there's a new lemon blueberry lunch box tart. At Woody's Lunchbox, it's topped with blue icing and a white chocolate Luxo Pixar ball. And it's four twenty-five or a snack credit on the dining plan. Do I get to talk about this? Because we're going. Yes. The original Muppet movie is coming back to theaters for a limited time. I think it's two showings. It's actually, there's a couple. Um, there's one in like uh, 11 a.m. and there's one at like 7. Yeah. That, and it's, it's $10. Like, yeah, but there's only two times they're showing it yeah, in yeah. July. Yeah. Um, so. It's it's $10 and it's at all the AMC theaters, right? Yeah, I think it's something like that. AMC, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, me and Kathy, probably if we can, we'll be trying to go to this as long as we have the time. It's during the week, so it might be a little bit harder. They don't have it on the weekends, um, but it is only $10, so that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Shanghai Disney Resort is hosting a multi-day celebration for Donald Duck. Um, Joe did post this about this in our um, Facebook group, so thank you. Um, I don't know why I put this, but Hasbro has a new Disney Descendants 3 doll collection available. I don't think young girls are listening to our podcast, but you never know. (laughs) I love you. There are new Toy Story walls to take fun photos at in Walt Disney World in anticipation for the new movie coming out. Um, when you exit the Toy Story Mania ride, there is a new pop-up shop filled with new merch and the new selfie wall. Didn't you say that 
what he was holding for he this week. Yeah, that's, oh, so sorry. That's, sorry. That's in my notes. But yeah, he had a special guest this weekend. It was Forky. They actually like made a Forky. And I don't know if he was controlling like Forky moving or if Forky actually moved. Okay. That's so really cool though. Um, Disney Cruise Line itineraries for fall 2020 have been released. We are going to do that eventually. There are new Lion King Pandora collections available for the live action movie, which is the next one we're going. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Toy Story is the next one we're going to see. Right? Right. Yes. And no, yeah, Toy Story, then Lion King. Cause yeah. No. Yes. Toy I thought Story, Toy Story was July. June 22nd, I believe. Okay. And then Lion King is it's like July, July something. July 24th or something. I don't know. They're all coming out like the 20th. Um, DVC and APs, which is Disney Vacation Club members and annual pass holders. Toledo? Can get... Oh, can get an exclusive taste of Toledo tapas, steak, and seafood opening soon at Grand Destino Tower. Yes, that's part of the name I got of confused. the restaurant. <laughs> no, it's uh, not Toledo, Ohio. I was like, why are DVC members going to Toledo, Ohio? No, it's not Toledo, Ohio. Okay, I got confused. Um, Disney Junior Play and Dine is now featuring Fancy Nancy. Don't know who that is. I don't either. There's a new Disney Ray-Ban sunglass uh, collection. Um, the VIP group that we talk about on Facebook, she actually has these available. So if you want those and you are not at Disney They're World, expensive though. you can hit her up. It's around $300, yeah. I believe, um, plus shipping and her fee. But we do love her. Art of Animation Lobby has construction going on at the moment. So if it's go if you're going there, just make sure that you, you know. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, because I know that uh, AJ had talked about this on her latest video for Disney Food Blog. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead and look at her newest video. I think it's the six restaurants I've changed my mind on. Yeah, we just watched that. That was really um, I really enjoyed her talking about the different cupcakes at the uh, the more the... Uh, what's the name Value of them? Value Resorts. Resorts, yes. <laughs> she said that they're coming up with they a lot are. more yeah, different yeah. cupcakes and everything else. So when you're at the parks, go ahead and check out the uh, little cafeterias in each of the Value Resorts. You might be able to find yourself a nice little sweet treat. We might be doing that. Going on a little trail. You know what we're going to do because John we're going to go on a cupcake trail. Thank you, Abby, for my cupcakes. I've eaten <laughs> almost all of them. Um, let's see here. There is a new Toy Story wrap on the yellow monorail at Walt Disney World. It's Ew. just what they wrap the monorails in to like, advertise or whatever. Um, there's also a new grape soda charm available from Pandora for the movie Up. That's okay. really cute. Uh, it was a little confusing for a second. <laughs> go ahead. Next one. Oh, yeah. Joe posted this in the group as well. It's a new Froscato sugar cookie sandwich at Wine Bar George. I want this so bad. It debuted on John's birthday, which was June 7th. Um, again, it's at Wine Bar George. It's their famous Froscato. It's a blend of frozen pineapple, Moscato, and vodka. And there are only a limited amount of sandwiches that will be available and made and served daily. Um, this will be available all summer long and is $8. This... Um, this is actually available at the, it's called the Basket at Wine Bar, Wine Bar George. Sorry. I know what I'm getting when I go to Disney Springs. That? The next one. Oh, I was going to say, because of that, um, it's actually only in there for the summer, so I'm kind of upset about this that. This next one. <laughs> There's a new donut-topped gelato shake <laughs> at Vivoli Il Gelato. It's the gelato stand in Disney Springs that we had talked about, <laughs> and it literally has a donut in the shake. <laughs> Why are you trying to sound like a horse? A donut sounds good right about now. <laughs> you have cupcakes and a cake in there. I'm eating both of them. It takes time. Okay. I can't eat them all in one shot. Um, the newest ice cream stop in Disney Springs, it, like I was just talking about, it's called the Basket at Wine Bar George. Their new flavors include chocolate bourbon, coconut avocado. I don't know about that one. 
blueberry cheesecake, sorghum black pepper, coconut chocolate almond, and honey with, um, oh wait, I'm sorry, there's more, honey with chocolate crunchies, olive oil and lemon, and then strawberry cheesecake. Yummy. I don't know. Some of them just sound weird. Yeah. Olive oil and lemon. Yeah, I don't know about some AJ of them. actually. Oh, sound good. I think AJ did um, a review of all of these, so. Texts are now alerting guests when it's time to enter Oga's Cantina in Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge. So that's kind of cool. You might be able to walk around while you wait for your reservation, reservation or whatever. Speaking of which, I think we're going to try to have Joe on. Um, we're going to talk to you here sometime this week, Joe. Uh, Joe did visit Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, we would like to have him on. So we would like to have him on to, you know, kind of explain how his time was there. So we're going to reach out. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and reach out to you sometime this week, Joe. So expect that. Thanks for the suggestion, Derek. (laughs) Thanks, Derek. Um, There are new rainbow cupcakes available at Disney World's Boardwalk Bakery in honor of Pride Month. It is a vanilla cake base with a strawberry soak, which sounds delicious, and a tropical fruit curd. And a chocolate pearl center inside. So it like explodes with like curd and all these like pearl, chocolate pearls. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Um, it's vanilla buttercream icing with chocolate hearts accented with glitter and sprinkles to surround the base. And there are chocolate discs as well on top forming Mickey ears, five ninety nine, or a Disney dining snack credit. I feel like I have to in- uh, insert that. <laughs> the breadsticks with Caesar dressing it's hard to, are... It's hard to see a Caesar and not want a Caesar. Breadsticks with Caesar dressing are back at Catalina Eddie's in Hollywood Studios. I never got to try these, but they look really good. Are you going to talk about anything? If you want me to, you just have to tell me when. Yeah, just go ahead because I'm getting caught now. <laughs> we forgot to get drinks before this episode. New summer flavor peach pie cupcakes are now available at Sprinkles on both coasts. The, hey. the Cronut in Epcot has a new location, Future World Electric Umbrella. So that's where that little stand that was next to Test Track yes. is not it anymore. Okay. Imagination. I want to try the cronuts. So we're going to get you one. I tried Thank last you. time, but you were full and you wouldn't take it. Well, I'm not going to be full this time. <laughs> Imagination pink chocolate and churro treats are soon coming to Disney Springs. Walt Disney World's enchanted tiki 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 room. Pandora charm was spotted in Magic Kingdom. There is a new Genie Lounge Fly backpack available in the Magic Kingdom. It's kind of cool because like where they put the zipper, it looks like his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. I, I saw and it the, the zipper, other day. It awesome. Like on the zipper on the top or whatever, they have yeah. a little lamp. That's kind of cool. What about that that thing I tagged you in today, that um, bathroom that's like Aladdin yeah, yeah, themed? Yeah. It looks awesome. The sink is an actual lamp. <laughs> <laughs> New Toy Story 4 collection, Donnie and Brooks bags, Buzz and Woody Pandora charms, sneakers from bait, uh, new Magic Band backpacks and clothing, toys, kitchen accessories, and even suitcases. So they are really going on this Toy Story There is so much Toy Story news here. Um, you missed one, though. The Kona Island at the Polynesian is now serving a boozy, frosé drink. Oh, my bad. No, you're fine. Uh, Toy Story 4 original motion picture soundtrack features two new songs and an original score composed and conducted by Randy Newman. Um, I think I was listening to Elvis Duran in the morning show the other day and they played one of the, the I think his name's Nate on there. He played a, um, a song that I believe Chris Stapleton is singing and I think he has the perfect voice hmm. for Toy Story. There we go. Yeah. There are currently Toy Story Land Easter eggs on Google Street View. Just kind of like there always is in Pixar movies. Can you read <laughs> um, the one before that? I don't, just read oh. up until 2020. Doctor Strange sequel is set to begin filming 
January, January 2020. 2020. Yeah, that's Marvel. It is Marvel? That's Marvel, okay. sweetheart. That's why I put that little side <laughs> note in there, because I didn't know if it was Marvel. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Woody had a special guest with him in Toy Story Land over the weekend. That would be the new character in Toy Story, which is Forky. Um, annual pass holders will have the first chance to purchase new immigration pink. And immigration, huh? Imagination. Wow. <laughs> Imagination pink and magic mirror collections at exclusive VIP pass holder events. Uh, and then Kathy has C-phone for details. So she's going to talk. Oh, yeah, because my phone was not working at work today on my break to write all this. So I just had to save it. So, okay, here we go. I was just going to tell you about this event that the, via the, the pass holders, annual pass holders can get. It's a, an exclusive VIP pass holder event. Um, let's see here. That you get to spend money. It is set to launch on Friday, June 14th at the Disney Parks. Um, they will have an exclusive opportunity to purchase items from the new collection first at a special event. Um, the event will take place at World of Disney and, Disney and in Disney Springs. Um, let's see here. The pass holders will be invited to shop with their 20% discount at the World of Disney Store at Disney Springs from 9 to 10 a.m. on Friday, June 14th. And then it will be open to all other guests starting at 10 a.m. right after that. So if you're an annual pass holder in, in Disney World, hit up the World of Disney from 9 to 10 and you get your special 20% off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, in honor of the live-action remake of The Lion King, Disney announced a conservation effort to help increase the lion population. And once again, it's a seafone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't have the phone to say so. Um, so it's a new campaign that is a global conservation campaign geared to raise awareness of the crisis facing lions as well as other wildlife across Africa. The Lion King Protect the Pride campaign is focusing on protecting and revitalizing the lion population in conjunction Conjunction with Disney's with Disney's support of the Wildlife um, Conservation Network Lion Recovery Fund, their vision is to double the lion population across Africa by 2050. This vision will be brought to life through efforts to engage communities to ensure a future for African wildlife and their habitats. That's nice. I can't wait to go here eventually, but Alani, the Disney resort and spa currently in uh, Hawaii, is seeking uh, Disney character performers. And the picture we saw, it's like Moana and characters like mm -hmm. that from yeah, yeah. that movie. So, Tale of the Lion King debuted at uh, Disney's California Adventure over the weekend, and this is only for a limited time. So if you're near Disneyland, go see it now! <laughs> The cast of Toy Story 4 took a trip to Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios. I am so excited because Keanu Reeves went to Toy Story Land. Apparently, he's a man of few words. Somebody, I think Chip and Co. posted that um, he had actually answered one of his questions. And he's like, yeah, he's a man of very few oh, words. Oh, he doesn't talk much. Yeah. He's just, he's a very mysterious man. Yeah. There was a uh, thing today I saw <laughs> where he was doing something for Xbox, Keanu Reeves. And you can tell he's not good at these, like, media-type things. No. Um, but he was, like, he was stopped. And somebody goes, you're beautiful. Oh, yeah. And you he, just see Keanu Reeves go, no, you're beautiful. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's like, we're all beautiful. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Um, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, the fairy tale pin trading event. Yeah. It actually has its own special magic bands. Looks like we're having tater tots. Okay. <laughs> Rafiki's Planet Watch is back um, July 11th with a new animation experience. And it's a C-phone again because, you know. 
Um, is this about Rafiki's? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh my goodness! One of these looks really good. I can't read. Well, I can't read. <laughs> okay. In honor of our celebration of Disney's The Lion King, Disney will be launching the animation experience at Conservation Station, offering guests at Disney's Animal Kingdom the opportunity to learn how live animals have inspired some of the most iconic characters from this beloved tale. You'll learn more about some of the animals who call our park home and then have the chance to create a personalized piece of Disney art through an instructor-led animation class. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, go ahead. All new uh, pink cork... Corksicles? Corksicles, yeah. Available at Wine Bar George. If you buy one, you get a free Dole Whip Frisgato. Frisgato. That's one. I want one of these things. They look so cute. The, the corksicles are I'm like... I'm disappointed with this next one. I read more. Okay. Sorry. Um, the corksicles, they're actually like um, a wine glass, but it doesn't have the neck. So it's just like, and it's its uh, squishy too. Uh, new blood orange mouth m- moose. Moose. At yes. Amaretz. Amaret pass. Just say Amaretz. Yeah, Amaretz. People know. Made what to are. look like oranges, but are lemon chiffon cake with grapefruit glee. Kind of disappointed. Yeah. We ate here, didn't we? Yes, this we next did. one. Yeah. Backlot Express in Hollywood Studios is expanding. The restaurant will be adding more seating, but has not provided specific dates. We actually enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, there is an event going on called Taste the Flavors of Florida right now. If you check out Disney Food Blog for all of the details, there are a lot. Um, but she has all of the events going on right now at that Taste the Flavors. The Lion King Drum Souvenir Bucket debuted at Disney's uh, California Adventure. And they may soon be coming to Walt Disney World. And if you get one, send me one. Okay, so <laughs> you know what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing out. So apparently Disney World um, and Magic Kingdom... They debuted a new Fomosa. (laughs) 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 It's orange and vanilla soft serve with apple cider. And it can be found at the Sunshine Tree Terrace. It's $5.99. Can you stop being so judgmental? (laughs) Um, Mickey and Pal's waffle wafer toppers debuted on cold treats all over Magic Kingdom this weekend as well. Go ahead. New menu items at Sebastian Bistro's and the Caribbean Beach Resort. Uh, Disney Food Blog has all the new menus, so if you want to go over there and check her out, like we've said before, she is awesome. We love you, AJ. You are awesome. Um, and then the Grand Floridian Cafe recently added the chicken and waffles to their menu. And they had, guess where we're going now. They had teased about it, um, but they added it recently. And then there is one more thing I want to talk about. Um, apparently, there are special dining discount announced for Disney World annual pass holders for a limited time. Um it reveals that pass holders can save 20% on lunch, which is 11.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. at select locations from June 11th through July 2nd. The participating restaurants are as follows. The Jungle Na- Navigation uh, Company, it's the Skipper t- Canteen, um, Liberty Tree Tavern, the Crystal Palace, the Diamond Horseshoe, Tony's Town Square Restaurant. In Epcot, it's Kershers, Royal Banquet the, I Hall. wish you all could have seen her face. The Beer Garden Restaurant, Coral Reef Restaurant, Rose and Crown Dining Room, the Garden Grill Restaurant, and then Hollywood Studios, Hollywood and Vine, Mama Melrose's Restaurante Italiano. Hey, Mama Italiano. Hey, Mama. Oh. Hollywood uh, Brown Derby. And at she Animal just hates King- me at this point. No, I don't. At Disney's Animal Kingdom, Tiffin's, and Tusker House. I can't wait to go to Tiffin's. The hotels is Ale and Compass Restaurant at the Yacht Club Resort, ESPN uh, Club at Disney's Boardwalk Inn, Grand Floridian Cafe, 
Um, Kona Cafe at the Polynesian, Olivia's Cafe at Old Key West, Sauna at Animal Kingdom Lodge, The Wave at Contemporary, Whispering Canyon at Wilderness Lodge, and um, there is fine print. So the the discount only applies to the non-discounted price of the food and the non-alcoholic beverages. Um, lunch meal period is off offered from 11:30 to 4, like I had said. The dining hours vary by location. Um, special events and dining packages excluded, of course. It's only valid for the pass holder and up to three guests. The pass holder must be present with their valid annual pass card and photo ID and locations and operating hours subject to change without notice. So, there's that. Okay, sorry, there was a really weird noise in the background <laughs> over here. So, if you hear that, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but I guess that, uh, you got anything else there, Kathy? Um, I just want to hand out the tag one more time. Go ahead. So we are on Instagram, started with mouse underscore podcast. We are on Facebook, started with mouse podcast. We have a Gmail account, started with mouse podcast at gmail.com. SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud. And then on Apple, Apple Podcasts, podcast. make, you, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. We are currently trying to get on iHeartRadio. I think that's about it. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's this week's episode. I appreciate Kathy for letting me have my own episode this week since it was my birthday on last Friday. Yeah, and we and have no idea what we're doing next week, so surprise. <laughs> surprise! Okay, I'm Kathy. Maybe. I'm John. And I like to bring, we'd like <laughs> to bring a little bit of Disney magic into your everyday lives. Tell me who you are.